Hey there, it's me, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, that redheaded actor from Modern Family. I have a podcast. It's combining a couple of my favorite things, talking and food. Please join me as I dine with the biggest names in entertainment, people like Julie Bowen, Kristen Bell, Fred Armisen, and so many more. It's called Dinners on Me, and you're invited. Am I saying a chocolate souffle is going to get me to reveal all of my secrets? Yeah, I am. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. After our country faces a crisis, there's a desire among Americans and lawmakers to figure out what went wrong, to study the details and understand how to prevent similar crises in the future. And one way to do this is for Congress, usually leaders in a single party, to set up panels to investigate what happened. But as so many things often do in Congress, partisan panels tend to devolve into political theater with volatile hearings and not always a ton of fact-finding. Look, you and I can have a speech off if you want. I don't want to have a speech off. No, I no, want no, to but understand your comments. You need to respect the chair and shut your mouth. Do we want to badge you over and over again until you get tired? Until we do get the gotcha moment that he's talking about? We're better than that. Sometimes, to get to the heart of the matter, the next step can be to move to a bipartisan investigation, referred to as an independent probe or an independent task force. The goal of these probes is for a bipartisan group of lawmakers and experts to work together to seek out the truth and to gather lessons for the future. This week, we saw a push in the Senate to set up an independent probe into the country's pandemic response over the past two years. That's across both the Trump and Biden administrations. The proposal comes after months of congressional oversight efforts that have become increasingly contentious and partisan. There's a long way to go before this independent probe can happen, but it's worth exploring whether these independent investigations are, in fact, more successful at steering clear of politics and why this particular probe might be critical to helping our country fight pandemics in the future. This is Can He Do That, a podcast about the powers and limitations of American government in a time of deep division. I'm Allison Michaels. This week, the Senate Health Panel advanced a package of reforms that would, in theory, protect us more for the next pandemic. Dan Diamond is a health reporter for The Washington Post. And under this bill, there is a provision that would set up an independent bipartisan task force designed to probe the origins of the virus, how the United States responded to it, and what we need to do better next time. But there is a sense that the probes that Congress is doing right now that are partisan are not getting the answers we need, and at times may be amplifying misinformation, conspiracies, or just making things worse in how we perceive COVID. Before we talk about the details of this specific independent probe into the handling of the pandemic, I want to talk about the role of this kind of of investigation. It seems like when Congress can't get its act together, we turn to these independent probes. Are they still having an impact? Is this a useful exercise to have an independent probe to look into something that rocked the country and assess it in the aftermath? I think it depends who you ask. So the 9-11 Commission, in many ways, has been held up as an example of a probe that went right. That was a bipartisan probe about 20 years ago that found a lot of information out about the readiness for a terror attack, what happened in the aftermath. At the same time, there are folks who say the 9-11 Commission didn't go far enough, that it got stonewalled by the federal government, and that it too was colored by politics. What does it even mean to be an independent probe? How are these formed and who's on them? So in the case of the commission that Patty Murray, Richard Burr, the top Democrat and Republican on the Senate health panel want, 
it would allow six members chosen by Democrats, six members chosen by Republicans, with the hope of having independent experts from the field, people who really understand pandemics, public health, and not having members of Congress who may not have any expertise here leading the way. The legislation calls for a report to be done in the next 18 months after the commission is finalized. There will also be an interim report that would come out halfway through. The goal would be to step outside the political cycle and have experts take a hard look at where the virus came from, how the United States responded to it, and what we need to do to be ready the next time. And right now, the probes that are largely happening in Congress are only getting to pieces of that, and they're driven largely by one political party or the other. Who chooses the experts that way in here? We talk about how it's a bipartisan panel. Well, who decides what experts are part of that process? Under the legislation that advanced through the Senate Health Committee this week, there is a piece on the composition of the task force. One member of the 12-member panel will be picked by the Senate Majority Leader. Right now, that's Chuck Schumer. One member will be picked by the Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell. Two members will be picked by the Senate Health Committee Chairwoman. That's, that's Patty Murray, a Democrat. Two members will be picked by the top Republican, Richard Burr, and so on. So they are going to have some leeway in deciding who would be chosen. There is an attempt to make sure that the experts chosen are truly expert and not, frankly, partisan hacks who have an agenda to grind. So as you say, a Senate panel has voted to establish a 12-member independent task force. And given that right now it's just a Senate panel who's put this forward, what steps need to happen in order for this probe to actually begin? First, the legislation would need to make its way to the Senate floor. It's advanced out of the committee with strong support. 20 members voted for it, two held out. The Senate itself would have to take this up. The House would have to pass its own version of this legislation, and then it would all have to go to President Biden, who would have to choose whether to sign it. And in the past, some presidents have been strongly in favor of independent commissions. Other presidents have dragged their heels a bit on whether we need such a probe. I have asked the White House where President Biden comes down on this, don't have an answer yet. But the president had said throughout his campaign that he wanted to see science stand without political pressure, that he wanted to get to the bottom of what went wrong in America's response. So in theory, this is something that President Biden should want to support and that the White House should help make happen. This specific independent panel is now moving through Congress, as you've just described, but there have already been probes into the handling of the pandemic. Can you just lay out what panels sort of already exist, what congressional investigations have predated this particular effort? About two years ago, Congress moved to probe the early COVID response with trillions of dollars in emergency spending going out. There was a bipartisan agreement that there needed to be some watchdogging to make sure that money went where it needed to go. And in the House, a panel was set up, bipartisan panel, a select subcommittee probing the coronavirus crisis. That was a panel that I watched pretty closely, not just because of their watchdogging on on the money spent, but increasingly over that year, over 2020, that panel started digging into what the Trump administration was doing or alternately not doing to fight Um, the pandemic. Do you agree with the president that there are a lot of problems with masks, or do you agree with the CDC director that this is a powerful and necessary public health tool? Uh, I've been very clear ever since our scientists... And there were some probes that came off my reporting, but into the Trump administration's, say, meddling at the Centers for Disease Control. Why were Trump officials trying to change the reports 
being published by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So that panel increasingly dove into Trump-era mismanagement, and as a result, the Republicans on that panel really went another way. They, they did not agree with some of those probes. And a panel that had initially been set up with this bipartisan goal has increasingly gone off in its own partisan investigations. Democrats continue to push two years later into some of those early events during the Trump era. Republicans on that panel have turned their attention to Dr. Tony Fauci at the NIH and other career health officials that they say sat on information that would have been useful about the potential origins of the virus. Why don't Democrats in Congress want to know where this thing started? Is it because Speaker Pelosi called it a diversion last year when we were raising these questions and asking to have these witnesses brought in front of us? Have we learned anything from this panel? You know, you talk about sort of the approaches of the Democrats and the Republicans, but has there been a report? Have we drawn conclusions from this effort? So that panel has issued several reports. They had a report just a few weeks ago that summed up a lot of the work that they had done so far, at least on the Democratic side. And the findings have corroborated the probes into the Trump administration on mismanagement. There was a very interesting report that they released about a scientist named Stephen Hatfill, who had been brought in to help work on the virus response. He's somewhat famous in Washington because he had been drawn into the anthrax probe about 20 years ago, but he resurfaced to participate in the Trump administration's virus response. And in that response, Dr. Hatfill was writing memos to help advise the president, was offering guidance on where the United States should invest. At the same time, Dr. Hatfill chronicled how President Trump and top officials turned away from the pandemic in late 2020, that they increasingly focused their time and effort on trying to contest the election, even as the virus was surging. So that's something new that the panel, specifically the Democrats on the panel, found. On the Republican side, Republicans have unearthed some private emails sent by Dr. Fauci, other federal officials and scientists, where they seem to suggest that they thought the virus may have come artificially out of, say, a lab or out of manipulation to make the virus more severe two years ago. Those scientists and, and Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins, the head of the NIH at the time, publicly did not say that, though. They said that they believed that the virus had emerged naturally, potentially through a market in China where there were animals being sold. So Republicans have really homed in on that and asked why was there this private conversation about the origins potentially being man-made and not admitting that publicly at the time. The scientists have said they just gained more evidence and, and didn't want to rush to a conclusion in public. Why has Fauci become such a target here? I mean, you just spoke about specific emails that were unearthed, but it seems like he's been a target sort of even before those emails were unearthed and he continues to be a target from Republicans. Is there something specific that Republicans are trying to pin him on? What's the reason? I think it's been an evolution. During the Trump administration, Dr. Fauci was often on stage with President Trump and at times contradicting the president. No, there really isn't that much of a difference in many respects with what we're saying. The president feels optimistic about something, his feeling about it. What I'm saying is that it might, it might be effective. I'm not saying that it isn't. It might be effective, but as a scientist... And that made him seem like the only truth-teller at times in the Trump administration made him a symbol, especially to liberals, to, to Democrats. That was noticed in the Trump administration, was hated by President Trump, and you saw this opposing effort to really tear down Fauci on the right.
including statements by allies of Trump. And at times, President Trump himself played into this, talking about firing Dr. Fauci. Don't tell anybody, but let me wait till a little bit after the election. I appreciate the advice. It was uh, a tension that persisted throughout the Trump administration. Since then, Republicans have really made Fauci the symbol of what they say has gone wrong in Washington. And all Americans should be free to choose how they govern their affairs, how they take care of themselves and our families, and they should not be consigned to live, regardless of which state in the union, consigned to live in a Faucian dystopia in which we're governed. They've made him a symbol of mandates that they say America doesn't need. They've made him a symbol of flip-flopping federal guidance on, say, masking. And they've made him a symbol of career officials who they say opposed the Trump administration or didn't do enough to warn President Trump at the time. He was not chosen to guide our economy. He was not chosen to rule over parents and their children's education. But yet, Dr. Fauci very much controlled our lives for the past year. So now we find ourselves in another election year in 2022, where Republicans are increasingly campaigning on promises that they will fire Dr. Fauci if they take power in Washington. At the same time, Democrats have responded by saying they will protect Dr. Fauci. They've sent out their own fundraising letters trying to raise support, promising to protect this career official who has been in his job for decades in D.C. and has said resolutely he's not part of one party or another. One senator in particular has faced off with Fauci in some of these hearings. That's Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I... Do you think it's a great success what's happened what? so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns said... are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one. And he actually is in line to lead the Senate Health Committee if Republicans do win control of the chamber this fall. How might a shift in Rand Paul's position here affect the investigative effort of these panels? So I try to listen to Washington Post podcasts, but I make sure that I'm listening to a wide variety of others, too. And a few months ago, I was listening to Rand Paul on the Megyn Kelly show, where he talked about his goal of becoming Senate health chair and then using that power to probe Dr. Fauci to really get to the bottom, he said, of what Dr. Fauci knew of the potential origins of the virus. As the committee considered this new legislation this week on setting up a bipartisan task force and a number of other provisions, Rand Paul was an outlier. He, he opposed a lot of these ideas. He wanted to go further. He wanted to take Dr. Fauci's job apart, essentially eliminate his role, and split it among others. So Rand Paul has telegraphed he would go after Dr. Fauci even more if he took power, if Republicans won the Senate and he was installed as the health panel chief. I asked Dr. Fauci about that. What would that mean for him? And he was pretty glum. He was invoking the Hillary Clinton probes. He said it would be like the Benghazi hearings all over again uh, after the Benghazi attack some years ago, which made political theater, but didn't really lead to any policy conclusions. After the break, more on what new information we could learn from an independent probe into our country's pandemic response. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? 
From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. So would an independent investigation that the Senate panel is trying to put through, would it actually be less political theater? Would we see less sort of partisan plotting? What would look different? I think any probe that Congress is going to try to do is going to be politicized one way or another. There are always going to be complaints that not enough questions were asked of one issue, maybe too many questions were focused on another. But the goal would be to take this out of the hands of lawmakers, some of whom are running for re-election, and put it in the hands of experts. So the 9-11 Commission, which has been invoked repeatedly 20 years ago, brought in a number of experts from outside of government, researchers, people who just dove into federal records, tried to get to the bottom of questions like, how did this happen? Why weren't we better prepared? How can we better prepare the next time? And then they ended up writing the 9-11 Commission report, which reads like a thriller. It's a book. And the goal was to try and make this available to the American people. So a bipartisan probe, in theory, would have more of all of it. There probably would be some reckoning with. What did Dr. Fauci know and when? There would be some reckoning with. What did the Trump administration do right and wrong? And the goal would be to have this all in one place in a way that folks on both sides of the aisle generally can agree on and help prepare us for the next crisis. Do we have a sense of where Americans fall on this? Do they want to see an independent commission investigate what we've done right and wrong in this pandemic? So I asked researchers about this, and what they pointed to was a general loss of faith in the federal response, that there have been questions first that emerged about how President Trump was handling the response and now how President Biden is handling COVID. Because I I think it's too simple to say that one president got it right and the other didn't. We've seen the virus spread under both. We've seen deaths rise under both. The goal would be to try and get beyond that political cycle. And a bipartisan commission in the past has been something that Democrats and Republicans have generally supported when there has been a big issue that that shook the country, whether it was the January 6th attack on the Capitol, whether it was something like the space shuttle Challenger disaster. People have questions. They want to know answers. And they aren't confident that only one party can get them. What power does Congress really have after one of these is conducted, though? Does it give them more ground to take certain actions? Do they pass findings onto other groups who can take actions? What's the outcome once this is over? One of the goals isn't what happens after, it's what happens during. So to have one of these commissions set up, you're granting it subpoena power. And I have talked to people who worked on the 9-11 Commission who said that was one of the real tricks that they had in, in their bag, that they could try and compel people to talk who otherwise might have turned them away. And right now, when you have these various probes that are partisan, the Democrats control both chambers of Congress. So in theory, they can use subpoena power to get people to testify, though we've seen in the case of, say, former Trump official Peter Navarro, he's refusing to comply with the subpoena. But having that power, in theory, opens doors that standalone probes that Congress isn't involved with or that maybe individual lawmakers are trying to do, it might not have that muscle behind it. So the goal would be to have a commission charged with that power, get as many answers as possible, and then when done, issue recommendations to the president of the United States, to public health leaders, and make sure that whatever went wrong with COVID does not happen again, because there will inevitably be some other public health crisis, some other crisis that shakes America And we should learn from the last one as opposed to fighting out who is to blame and and the political accountability that might come in an election. 
Okay, so then as we look ahead here, what do you expect are the next steps with this probe? Will we really see this independent investigation happen? So I think we're still a few months away from knowing the answers here. First, the Senate would have to take this legislation up on its floor. And right now, the Senate is consumed with issues like funding Ukraine response, funding the immediate COVID response, which is separate from this probe. The White House has said they need billions of dollars to buy tests, treatments, vaccines. There's also a Supreme Court nomination fight coming up. So to get this panel and the broader pandemic package that Senators Murray and Burr want through, they've got to compete with all those other pieces. And then you got to have the House pick it up. So I think it could happen this year, but it also will require real commitment from lawmakers who have a lot of other priorities on their plate. Thank you, Dan, for all of your insight. Allison, thanks so much for having me. This has been another episode of Can You Do That? For updates on where things stand with the potential for an independent investigation, you should follow Dan's reporting at WashingtonPost.com. Thanks so much for listening. Can He Do That is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by Sharla Freeland and Arjun Singh, with logo art by Greg Manifold and theme music by Ted Muldoon. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. 